give you a little Hebrew lesson right now. You should, you may know this from our liturgy at the end of the service. Repeat after me: Bayom, Bayom, Ahu, Ahu. I guess it's kind of funny that Ahu doesn't look like an owl. Bayom Ahu. It means in that day. It's something that you see in the prophetic scriptures very commonly. It speaks about the end times. In that day. Bayom Hahu. In that day. God uses it recurringly when speaking about the days of Messiah. When speaking about the kingdom of God. When speaking about the things that are forthcoming that will happen that have not even happened yet. It says, in that day, Bayom Hahu. They will look upon me who they have pierced and they will mourn for him. In that day, by Yom Hahu, I will raise up the fallen tabernacle of David. In that day, by Yom Hahu, Jerusalem will be a heavy stone and all those who seek to lift it and move it will be injured. By Yom Hahu, in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. Hallelujah. Bayom Hahu, in that day, end times. Strangely, as we're in the third Torah portion of the year, which is the whole cycle, which is the very beginning of Torah, we see in this Torah portion that term, Bayom Hahu, in that day, when God made a covenant with Abraham, it says, Bayom Hahu, in that day, God made a covenant with Abraham that his seed will inherit the land. And the rabbis, the sages, the ancient rabbis have looked at that and said, why is God saying by Yom Hahu all the way back then? It doesn't seem like an end times thing, so perhaps it is an end times thing. Perhaps he's not just talking about his is his immediate descendants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Perhaps he's not even talking about the descendants that will come 400 years later when the, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt and, and conquered that land. Perhaps he's talking about a generation by Yom Hahu in that day. That his seed will inherit that land, that his descendants will inherit the land. And I tell you right now that you sitting here are the fulfillment of that prophecy. Because you are descendants of Abraham. You are sons of Abraham and daughters of Abraham, children of Abraham. Yeshua said that Abraham saw his day and rejoiced and was glad. I tell you right now that Abraham, when God told Abraham to look to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west, he wasn't just looking at geography, he was looking across time. Mm -hmm. And he saw, Abraham saw the days of Messiah and rejoiced. But I tell you even more, he looked beyond those days 2,000 years ago. He saw Jew and Gentile together in the same Messiah and rejoiced. He saw this day and was glad. He saw this day and was glad. It says in this Torah portion, it says that you, Abraham, God said, I'm going to make of you a great nation, singular. Later on in that same Torah portion, he says, I will make you the father of many nations. Plural. Uh Mm -hmm. I will make of you a great nation. 
I will come from you. You will be the father of many nations. Which is it? Is it singular nation or is it plural nations? I tell you, it's the same thing. Because Zechariah said, by Yom Hahu, in that day, many nations will call upon the name of the Lord and be taught by people. And you are the fulfillment of that promise. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And when you become a child of Abraham, you are grafted in, not just to the father of faith, you are grafted in, adopted in, to the father of crazy faith. Crazy faith. Crazy faith becomes your inheritance. Crazy faith becomes your heritage. Not just faith, like nuts faith. Like you gotta be nuts to believe this kind of thing. You are adopted in and grafted in to a heritage with the Jewish people of lunatic faith. based on faith and a righteousness based on faith you see Abraham did a lot of good stuff he came out he believed he listened to the word of the Lord when God said leave your home and your and the land of your fathers and leave your family and go to the place I will show you he 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 listened to the Lord and obeyed that was a good work that he did but he was not a credit to him as righteousness (laughs) he went and, and 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 went to battle with to over five kings and defeated them, and that was a good work. But that work did not was not credited to credited to him as righteousness. He rescued his nephew Lot, but that wasn't a credit to him as righteousness. He interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah, good works, but it was not accredited to him as righteousness. He did many many good things, good deeds, and works. But it was, none of it was accredited to him, credited to him as righteousness. What was accredited? That's a four-syllable word. That's hard to say. Accredited. Credited is even, even easier. Credited to him as righteousness. What was credited to him? As righteousness, when God told him when he was like a hundred years old that you're gonna have a son. And he first said, Yeah, I, I know it's this 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 dude, Eliezer, this Syrian guy who's my servant. I guess he's gonna be my heir. And God said, He's not gonna be your heir, it's gonna be your seed coming from you. And he looked in the mirror at his hundred-year-old withering self, and this hundred-year-old withering but sexy, apparently, wife. And you know what? We believed God. And it was accredited to him as righteousness. Believing the spectacular. Having the crazy faith to believe that God can do a miracle. Is the inheritance that we receive being a son and daughter of Abraham. Do you have crazy faith? When God tells you that he's going to do something that goes beyond nature, that goes beyond logic, that goes beyond understanding, we believe it because God said it. And he said it. And that is the radical, crazy faith that we have in our inheritance as children of Abraham. So when we look at 
Justin, right, who is not yet saved, who's going on his third deployment, we are crazy enough to believe yes. that he's going to have the cancer on the Lord. Marriage is in the shambles, but we reckon we know that God said in the beginning of our marriage that He's gonna do wonders in our marriage. We are crazy enough to believe that He's still faithful to us. And when we are sick, we are crazy enough to believe that He is our healer. And when we have no money in our bank accounts, we are crazy enough to have the faith that He is our provider. That is what it means to be a son and daughter of Abraham. Not just faith, crazy faith. Surpasses understanding. Faith that he who began will complete. That he who started will finish. That he is the Alpha and the Omega, the Aleph and the Tav, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the author and the finisher. In baseball terms, the starter and the closer. And we have the crazy faith of Abraham to just say, I believe it. Yes. To just say, I believe it. To just say, I believe it. That when God told us, and he's going to rescue us and redeem us. And we look at our situations and we don't see the rescuing happen. And what we say, I don't care what I see because I don't see with my natural eyes. I heard with my spiritual ears what God is going to do. And it doesn't make sense to anybody. I've got to leave the house of my fathers and leave my land and leave my country. And leave everything I know to adopt this crazy faith that God who says it will do it. And we believe it. We just say, I believe it. I believe it. God, I believe it. You said these things to me about my life, about my family. You said these things about the addiction that I just cannot get a hold of, but you said that you're going to rescue me from this, and I believe it. Amen. And I'm steeped in sin, they say. I'm steeped in sin, and I just can't stop doing this one thing. Like Paul said, I keep doing the thing I don't want to do. But I believe. But I believe. My faith is radical and crazy enough as a child of Abraham to believe that even though I'm stuck right now and I can't seem to get out of this mess, you are far more faithful than my abilities to get myself out of a mess. Praise God. Praise God. There was a daughter of Abraham and her name was Martha. And she had radical faith because her brother died and she wanted Yeshua the healer to come while he was still alive, while he was still sick, while he was dying. It was not too late. Yeshua, please come to Bethany. Please come to Bethany and heal my brother. He's dying, Yeshua. But Yeshua stayed back intentionally not just when he was dead for a half hour or dead for a day or two or three or he stayed back until it says that his body to use king james stinketh (laughs) he waited until there was no chance of resurrection but children of abraham don't lose belief 
because he is the God of resurrection. Amen. And he went to Martha after four days, and Martha said, you could have been here earlier, you know, but I know that you ask of your father, he will do. And Yeshua said, your brother will live again, he will rise. And she said, yes, I know that he will rise at the last day. <laughs> See, she thought he was giving a little explanation of the resurrection at the end of time. And she answered very religiously, yes, I understand that, that theology, I understand the theology. Yes, Rabbi, he will be raised at the end of days by Yom Hahu. By Yom Hahu, he will be raised. And Yeshua said, uh-uh, by Yom Hahu is today. <laughs> because I am, because I am, because I am. I was, I was, I am who I was, he who I was, was, who was, who will be, but I am also, I am. So by Yom Hahu is today. And I am, he said, the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me will never die. And then he said to Martha, do you believe it? Do you have the faith of your father Abraham? Do you believe it? Do you believe that I bring life from the dead? Do you believe, like Abraham, that I bring birth from barrenness? Do you believe that I bring well-being from sickness? Do you believe that I bring prosperity from brokenness? Do you believe it? And she said, I believe you are Hamashiach, the Messiah, the Son of God. That is the faith of Abraham. Crazy faith. Crazy enough to believe it. And Yeshua went to the place where there was death. Because Yeshua, the seed of Abraham, has access to what's behind the stone. We're going to get spiritual right now. You ready to get spiritual? Yeah. Yeshua has access to what's behind the stone. Praise God. Listen, there's a story in the scripture. I love sharing this and people who haven't heard it for the first time, haven't heard it yet. They're really blessed by it. Because it's really neat to look into the New Testament and the, um, some of the little hidden Hebrew gems in the New Testament. So let's fast forward a little bit to when Yeshua was, uh, he was crucified and he was in the tomb and now it's resurrection day and he is now out of the tomb. There is a narrative with Peter and John. They just heard that he's not in the tomb, but they wanted to check it out for themselves. So they start running. <laughs> they start running towards the tomb. And they run and run and run, and they're sprinting towards the tomb. And they get to the edge of the tomb, and apparently John was a little more of a fast runner. He was a little faster than Peter, apparently, mm -hmm. because he got there first. Hmm. And he got to the edge of the tomb, and it says John stopped at the edge of the tomb. Peter... <laughs> Catches up and goes into the tomb, checks out all the, the, the wrappings and the cloths and the linens and everything that was in the tomb, recognizes that Yeshua, his body, was not there. After it was acknowledged that Yeshua's body is not in the tomb, John proceeds into the tomb. You catch, you catch that? Hmm. 
a little bit of detail that's easy to overlook, right? John arrives first. He stops at the edge. Peter goes in. Check takes a look at all the wrappings and the linens, recognizes that Yeshua isn't there. Once it was confirmed that Yeshua's body is not there, John goes in. Remember, John, it says, was allowed into the chamber of the high priest when Yeshua was brought to trial. It says in the beginning of the book of Acts that John is of the priestly family. You go back to Torah. Priests are not allowed near dead bodies. This is why John stopped. Because the priests and their descendants are not allowed near the dead, near dead bodies. That's a commandment. Peter did not have that commandment. But Yeshua is not a high priest, according to Aaron. He's a high priest, according to, in English, Mal- Malchizedek. Or in Hebrew, Malkitzedek. And Malkitzedek, and it's, it's great to look into the Hebrew, and it's great to look into the Torah, and to listen to, and to, to glean all these things, but you know what? The, the writer of the book of Hebrews did it for us. Malkitzedek was this one man's name. And he came and he visited Abraham after Abraham came back from battle, and Abraham gave him a tithe. He blessed Abraham and gave him a tithe. And it says that this man, Malkitzedek, is priest of the Most High God. Priest of the Most High God. But his name is Malki Tzedek. Malki is king. Tzedek means righteous. King of righteousness. The place he was king over, the geographical area he was king over is Selem, which is the same word as Shalom. So this is why it says king of righteousness. That's in his name. But the area is Selem, so he's king of Shalom, king of peace. King of righteousness, king of peace. Selem became Jerusalem. There's only one king of Jerusalem. And that's the son of David, the Messiah. But he's also a priest of the Most High God. What am I saying? The Aaronic priesthood could not go near the dead body. The priesthood of Melchizedek can. Yeshua is a God who resurrects. So he must have access to the dead in order to resurrect the dead. Yeshua has access where the children of Aaron, the priests of Aaron, did not have access. They could not go near a dead body. Why? It was not their portion to to bring resurrection. That was for the priesthood of Melchizedek, of who Yeshua is in the order in. Melchizedek has access. Melchizedek has access to what's behind the stone. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. All right, you ready to get spiritual? You ready to get spiritual? Yeah. Yeshua said to the people there at the tomb of Lazarus, he said, remove the stone. Remove the stone. Remove the stone. That's not the first time in Scripture we see the term that he will remove the stone in your heart and give you a heart of 
the flesh. Ezekiel says, I will. God will remove the stone in your heart and give you a heart of flesh. Yeshua said, remove the stone. I will remove the stone of your heart and give you a heart of flesh. Yeshua said, remove the stone. What is the Spirit saying? Is this a story of one person's resurrection or is there something spiritual? If God said he's going to remove the stone and give us a heart of flesh and Yeshua said, remove the stone. I believe the Spirit is saying in this place right now that there are stones in our heart. And there is something behind the stone that we don't want to come out because it stinketh. I agree. And that's okay. You know, not everything is for public consumption. This is why everybody's all smileys on Facebook and Instagram, but in the house they're weeping. We have our private face and we have our public face. And we have our public and then we have what we do in secret. And that's okay because God is the God of the secret place. But there are things within us, dead for four days to the point where it stinks, behind the stone. And Melchizedek has access to it. And that's what I want to share with you. Melchizedek, the priesthood of Melchizedek, has access to what's behind the stone. It could be that sin that just so easily besets you and besets you again and again and again. And you dealt with it for so long that you just forgot to even pray about it anymore. It just became part of you, you feel. It's, it's, it's been there for so long and it stinks, but Yeshua says, roll the stone away. I have access to this. I have access to this. I can resurrect I can bring life from death. That's the radical faith of Abraham. It could be something in your marriage or in your children or something that is just so dark and you have yet to see the victory over it. The Spirit of God is saying, remove the stone. Melchizedek can go in there. Melchizedek has access to what others do not. He has the ability to resurrect and bring life. Move the stone. Remove the stone. Roll away the stone. Roll away the stone. Roll away the stone. Roll away the stone. Sons and daughters of Abraham. This may be hidden from the public. But Yeshua, Melchizedek, Melchizedek has access to it. And we believe with this crazy radical faith. See, we have dead, it's not just sins and, and behaviors. We have we have plans and purposes that we prayed about, but we feel has long since died that's behind the stone. 
Yeshua resurrects, Melchizedek has access. Today, in the name of Yeshua, I say, remove the stone. And your response may be just like Martha saying, oh, no, 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 no. Don't remove it. Don't remove it. It stinks behind there. Don't remove it. But Melchizedek is saying, do you believe? Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Do you believe it? And today I speak before you. Even if you don't have the faith, I will speak it for you. Say, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. And he has the ability to remove that stone, to give us a heart of flesh and not a heart of stone, and deal with what is behind it, and bring life when there is lifelessness, and bring hope when there is hopelessness, and bring birth when there is barrenness. The Spirit of God does not say what the flesh says. The flesh sees barrenness, but the Spirit of God says, Sing, O barren woman, you who never had a child. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It says in the New Testament that do not, it said to the Jewish people, it says don't, don't, don't rest on your laurels about just being sons of Abraham. It says God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Amen. And speaking over those stones that are in our hearts with something behind it that needs to be dealt with and life force coming into it and resurrected I say right now that God can raise up sons of Abraham from these stones. God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones because God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the God of the living and not the God of the dead. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So I declare right now in the name of Yeshua that on these stones... On the stones in our hearts, on these stones, on these stones, on these stones, God can raise up children to Abraham. And I speak that over the stones that are in your heart right now, that God can raise up children to Abraham from those Stones, and we have the crazy radical faith to believe it. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Adonai, I speak the inheritance that you have given us as sons and daughters of Abraham over this place. I speak, Adonai, crazy radical, surpasses understanding type of faith that you who have started a good thing will surely bring it to completion until the day of Messiah Yeshua. And even the things that are long since then and we've long stopped hoping for, Adonai, you have the ability. Melchizedek has the ability to go beyond what Aaron and his sons cannot do. Resurrection. Resurrection. Birth from barrenness. Life from lifelessness. Hope from hopelessness. In the name of Yeshua, all we say today as we read about Abraham is we believe it. That's all we say today. We believe it. We believe it. We believe it. 
Our loved ones will come into a relationship with God through the the Messiah. We believe it. We believe it. God is saying like he said to Abraham, look to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. But it wasn't a a physical observance that he he did. He wasn't looking in the natural, he was looking in the spirit. We believe it. We believe. And in the words of the one in the New Testament who said, I believe, I'll conclude with these words from him as well. Held by unbelief. In Yeshua's name.